to Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. It is time for the game preview show. 49ers versus Green Bay Packers. It's the home opener. We're wearing the throwbacks. It's going to be exciting. I can't wait for it. Hit the graphics. And it chills. I'm excited. Let's freaking do this. But before we get too far into it, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. If you haven't already, hit that notification bell. Screw the rest of the plugs, Ant. We got a huge game here in week three. We got tons of exciting things going on. We got key matchups we need to talk about. We got issues to to go over and and think. I mean, there's so much happening. I'm so excited for this game. This is a huge test for this 49ers team with all of the issues that have been going on in the running back room. All the questions about the cornerback room, all of them are going to get answered this Sunday. Yeah, most definitely. And there's a lot of things that, you know, need to happen for the 49ers to win this football game, but they have the potential to win this football game and to be very successful. I think this is the first game where people will take notice and be like, oh, okay, the 49ers are for real. Um, They beat a very formidable foe. So this is a good test, a good matchup. They had a very good test against the Eagles as far as defensive line matchups and how they were going to be able to operate. This is not the same team that they're going to be playing. So there are a bunch of different matchups that are going to happen different ways. And I'm excited to see how the 49ers handle it. Um, so it's going to be exciting to watch. And I'm, I'm really excited to get into the X's and O's of this and how the 49ers plan to attack and how the Packers plan to kind of um, negate what the 49ers are trying to do. Yeah, that's going to be a big question all, all night long is what do the Packers want to do? How do they want to take those things away? What are they willing to go after? Because we saw with Philly in the All-22 film, they didn't want D, uh, not, excuse me, George Kittle doing anything, uh, operating anywhere over the middle, deep, nothing. And Brandon Ayuk, a lot of times when he was on the field in certain situations and certain coverages, they were bracketing as well and really singling up Debo. Is that something? Is that a route that the, the Packers will take? We'll see. We'll see very early on how they want to attack. Are they going to go to the 5-2 and try and slow down the run game and set the edge that way? A lot of ways for them to go about doing it, and they did that a little bit against the Lions, so probably got a little bit of a sneak preview of what we could see uh, from the Packers there. So we'll we'll see. But let's get into these key matchups, and we'll start with yours first on the offense. Let's take a look and see what it is. Oh, I like that. The makeshift magic ant. Let them know. That matchup right there. What do you like? How are the 49ers going to go about doing this makeshift magic against this Packers front? I think that the 49ers are going to have to find a combination of running backs that can execute the skills you know, and plays that they want. Um, they've brought in guys with different skill sets, and they did that, I mean, pretty much the way they built their original roster as well. Um, but now they've really went out and grabbed guys that kind of have different skill sets, um, whether you have Jacquez Patrick, who's a big offensive bruising running back, um, that can really be very pivotal and run very good inside. Or if that is, you know, some of the other guys that they have, I don't know if we're going to have Cannon that's going to be, you know, Trenton Cannon, if he's going to be somebody that they're going to be able to count on. Um, there's a lot of questions about this running back room, and a lot of it starts with Elijah Mitchell. Is Elijah Mitchell going to be healthy enough to play? Is that shoulder going to be up to snuff? Uh, if it is, then, you know, you can count on Elijah Mitchell to go out there and and make the right reads and, and get some yards for you. If, it, if it's not and he's not, then we're going to have a little bit of issues. And as far as... Um, Trey Sermon, I mean, we just don't know if he's going to be out of concussion protocol. And that brings up all other kinds of questions, because if those two guys aren't available, um, you're going to really have to put something together here. Carry on Johnson's going to have to come up and make some plays. Trenton Cannon's probably going to have to help you on the edge. Um, so I think they're trying to insulate themselves, you know, to make sure they have the running backs, but they have to do it. The, the only good thing that's going for them, that the 49ers have going for them, is this Green Bay Packers defense is not great at stout, stopping outside zone plays or stopping sweet plays with the guys they have on the edge. Yeah, Preston Smith is pretty good, um, but Rashawn Gary is not that great about setting the edge because of his speed factor. They can get outside of him and they can make plays outside of him. They also don't have very you know, very fast speed guys at the linebacker position. So there's opportunities for the 49ers to win in the run game. They just have to be able to get those backs to be able to do it. Can Kyle Shanahan work out the magic? Can this makeshift magic um, get it done? If he can, 
uh, then th th this is going to be a long day for Green Bay because if this running game is able to produce the yardage that we need to be successful and he's able to figure out ways to put these guys in situations to be successful, then Green Bay is going to have an uphill climb and the 49ers are going to be have them sitting right where they want them. Yeah, and that's the big thing. Is the Niners' run game has been the thing that's led to the most success against the Green Bay Packers. Um, it's the thing that you would think Green Bay is going to spend a lot of time on. However, with this makeshift, it, it brings up a lot of questions. Are they going to shift their focus to Debo? Are they going to shift their focus to Kittle? Are they going to shift their focus to blitzing and, and sending more, even more run scheme blitzes and blitzing on early downs to try and disrupt the run game and disrupt these young running backs who necessarily don't have a lot of experience in Kyle's system, you know, making them second-guess their running lanes, their attack lanes, where they're going, what they're seeing, and how they want to try and hit holes. Um, all of those things are going to play into that matchup. Um, so it's going to be important. It's going to be important for Kyle Shannon to scheme things up for Trenton Cannon and get him on the outside. Um, if you're able to have Trey Sermon, I think there's a little less concern about this running back room because Trey Sermon, a big body guy who can run downhill, can also try and get him on the outside as well. We've seen what he can do when he gets into open space on one of those tosses last week against the Eagles. Unfortunately, he took that shot. But if he's healthy and he's able to be able to run, right, able to go, we don't have the same type of speed, but you have a running back with vision and you have a running back who can create and do things in the open field to an extent. Big playability, probably gone with Trey Sermon, but consistent runner who can get five, six yards a carry. That is definitely something that can happen. And that's all that needs to happen. We don't need the most Mosterati hole shots against the Green Bay Packers to torch them. Um, those things are just additional add-on bonuses. If Elijah Mitchell's healthy, those opportunities will come for him this week as well. Trenton Cannon adds that speed and that ability on the outside, not to the same level, the same extent, but getting him in there in certain situations, maybe even utilizing him in more of a third down role at times where he's running out on routes and getting linebackers moving in space and then occasionally throwing something in there where he comes in and, and is, is not just selling or play action faking or anything like that or just running up the gut, but getting him out on the edge in space and letting him you know, try and take that athleticism and the, and the speed that he has and use it to his advantage. All those things are going to be important. And there's a lot of ways for Kyle Shanahan to dial it in. And we still don't know, right? If Sermon and, and, and Mitchell aren't good to go, you could have a situation here where Arion Johnson is coming up and getting run and getting some touches. Who knows? Chris Thompson could be coming up and getting some run and getting some touches. Uh, it, it's going to be for sure an interesting makeshift of running back room. The running back shuffle is a real thing that's happening with this 49ers run game right now. Feel a lot more comfortable if it's Elijah Mitchell. You feel a whole heck of a lot more comfortable if Trey Sermon's able to go. But if not, Kyle Shanahan, your your scheme, your ability to dial up the run and find any old guy off the street, plug him into your system and see if they can play, it's going to get tested this week. Yeah, and you're going to want to go horizontal offense. And by going horizontal offense with the run game, you're going to stretch them. And that will leave you avenues to go vertical. And part of the way you're going to do that is to get Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk involved in the run game. Um, so part of the makeshift running back room is allowing Debo to be back there sometimes. We've seen him in New England get, you know, running back toss. Um, <laughs> and you've seen him last week be able to run a read option um, with Jimmy Garoppolo. So there's going to be opportunities for that and for that run game. And I think it would be um, you know, bad if we didn't mention that the fact Trey Lance could ultimately contribute to this run game as well. Um, adding him to this run game would be uh, a big time it, you know, advantage, of, especially if they're struggling early on. Get him in there and allow him to add added elements to your run game. Make sure that those defensive ends, those outside guys, have to you know commit to him and worry about him pulling and getting around the outside um, because the Packers don't do well against running quarterbacks. We've known that for years. Yeah, so, that's right. So the 49ers can take advantage of, of his uh, skill set this time. Trey Lance's skill set could be something the 49ers use. Quarterback power is going to be happening. I'm, I'm going out and I'm, I'm preaching it. I'm saying it's going to happen. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but I'm curious how this running back room is constituted and then ultimately how Kyle Shanahan uses the wide receivers and Trey Lance to make sure that he can manufacture running yards um, and be able to still do the things he wants to do against the Green Bay defense. Absolutely. Uh, Ant hasn't quadrupled down this hard since Jalen Hurd. True. He hasn't quadrupled why, down why, why this hard since... I mean, look, I, I, I got to hold your feet to the fire a little bit. You quadrupled down hard on Jalen, quadrupling down hard on this. The only difference is Trey Lance is healthy, ready to go, and has the ability to go out and field and do the things he needs to do right now. Jalen Hurd, mm -hmm. though... It's coming soon, and I, I have faith. Well, Jalen Hurd made the rosters. He did. You were right about that. And you know what? He still could have a huge impact as we get through further this season. But look, let's 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 focus here. Let's dial this thing in because with all of this focus and attention on the the running back room, the 49ers do have areas they can exploit in the pass game, and that's kind of where my matchup is. Um, it is our 49ers wide receivers, the NorCal Nightmare versus Kevin King out there in space. 
Pena's struggled. Um, now, there has been some shift. Stokes has been slowly playing more and more on the outside, which means King should be, or could be, shifting in on the interior and playing a little bit more in the slot. They may continue doing some of the things that they did with Kevin King already, which is operate him out in space on base downs and then on pass passing downs because Stokes isn't the more physical cornerback who likes to come up in space and tackle. Shift him out there in space for coverage purposes. Move King on the inside, on the interior, which means slot receivers versus Kevin King is going to be important. Um, you know, we have an episode coming up with Menting where we talk about this a little bit in the Know Your Opponent on Friday. Don't miss that. Um, but he goes into this even a little bit further while talking about it. But Kevin King has some struggles. He has areas where he doesn't play up to stuff and doesn't do the things he needs to do. If Quintez Cephas can eat on this guy, Kevin King, then I have no doubts that Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Trent Sherfield, whoever it is that you put in the slot could be Muhammad Sanu at times, can have success against this guy as well, especially Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. The question will be, how do the rest of the cornerback room and the safeties, how are they playing the 49ers? Are they bracketing Debo? Are they bracketing uh, George Kittle? Are they bracketing Ayuk? Are they singling up? Are they just going zone? Are they just going to drop back in space and keep everything underneath and try and take away and muck up the middle of the field? All of those things are a possibility, Ant. But this is the, the area that Kyle Shanahan can do his most damage. And the horizontal run game that you talked about using Debo, that will help out. Putting these guys in motion, especially if they're in the slot and King's on them, is this guy matched up in man? Is he sitting in zone? It's going to expose a lot of things and not necessarily create avenues of attack, but give Kyle an idea of what they're doing on certain down and distances and how he can go about trying to go after this guy and exploit this matchup. Yeah, they're, they're, it's an interesting matchup because he's, he's tall. He's got a lot of length. Um, but the 49ers have a lot more skill than he does. And he played 22 snaps in the slot, you know, last week. And they had mixed results because him and Stokes had some communication issues and they had some bad coverages. Um, so that's what happens when you have those issues. You have guys that aren't used to playing with each other. There's no communication. 49ers can take advantage of that. Um, we've seen the 49ers scheme things up in the past, and they'll be able to do that. They'll be able to take advantage of these quick screens, get the ball out into Brandon Uke and Debo Samuel's hands where they can make plays. Um, so you're right. This is a huge, this is a huge matchup in this game because – if they're able to go at King and take advantage of him, um, there's opportunities for big-time plays. We saw what they did in Philly to Maddox. They were able to take advantage of him. Um, there is a mismatch for the 49ers almost against every slot that they go against. Not too many slots are going to be able to handle these guys in space. So the 49ers just need to really just um, attack, use the game plan that they want to use, execute. And if the play action passes there, they're going to have shots down the field. So get the run game going, take shots down the field. Um, and this could be one of the guys to take advantage of because – He's going to be in some precarious situations with some very skilled wide receivers. You know that is correct, and that is accurate indeed. Yeah. Um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how they can go about attacking it, where they want to attack it, and and in what ways. Because there's always the possibility that it's Trey Lance that is in there, and it's RPOs that are the way that they're able to attack and try and get these guys to bite in space and then create avenues, throwing windows and things of that nature. Um, I'm really I'm really interested. I really feel this is a week where Trey Lance's utilization can really – bode well for the 49ers and mask some of the issues with the run game um, because yes you may not be able to get the interior run game going as well as you'd like but those read options can force the Packers into 11 on 11 situations which may open up some outside running lanes for Trey Lance keep guys home and then again when you go those play actions and those horizontal sweeps and pitch passes little pitch toss actions to Debo or Ayuk in space getting linebackers to freeze hold guys in place create those avenues to throw underneath or, or over the middle of the field, but also freeze those safeties, maybe have them come up in the box, step up and help the run, and then take some shots over the top. Yeah, and they're going to have to manufacture pressure. The The Green Bay defense is not good enough to get after you um, without Zedaria Smith. So they're going to have to manufacture pressure, which means bringing a safety, bringing a linebacker, bringing somebody extra. Um, Rashawn Gary from outside linebacker hasn't proven that he can be a consistent pass rusher in this league. Preston Smith hasn't been doing a great job. Um, he's pretty much fell off. So there are going to be opportunities for those guys, but are they going to be able to make plays? So I am curious about that also, that Mike McGlinchey matchup with Rashawn Gary. If he can handle Gary, um, it could be a long day for Green Bay's defense because there's going to be opportunities for the 49ers to go down the field with the football. And if they do decide just to sit back deep and then muck up the middle um, and make Jimmy Garoppolo attack them underneath, then let it let him do it. Jimmy Garoppolo will, will dink and dunk these guys to death um, because really what it comes down to is that's an extension of the run game. And if you want to allow the 49ers to methodically move down the field with 12, 13 play drives, Kyle Shanahan will uh, will do it every single day of the week, twice on Sunday. Um, and you'll get to, you know, just get absolutely worked. And the 49ers defense will be staying off the field. And then eventually when they're out there, they're going to be fresh to go against Aaron Rodgers and the offensive line. So 
I think that this is an opportunity for the 49ers to be successful. I think Green Bay is going to have to take chances with their defense to manufacture pressure. And if they don't, the 49ers are going to pick them apart. Um, so Green Bay's got a lot of decisions to make. And their defensive coordinator, Barry, hasn't you know done anything to make you think that he's a guy that you can count on. His schemes have been off. Detroit picked him apart early in that first half. Um, so I think the 49ers are, are sitting in a good spot. And we'll see how successful they can be. But if they can get this run game going and then take advantage of King in the slot, I think they could be very successful all day. Garoppolo has been clean for the first two weeks. There has not been a lot of hits on Jimmy. There haven't been a lot of times where he's taking shots. And there's not a lot of hurries. Can this team without Zadarius White get that done? I, I don't think they can. I don't know if they can get that pressure, even if they try to manufacture it. If you try and manufacture pressure, Kyle Shanahan's going to know it. Jimmy's going to recognize it. Alex Mack's going to call it out. They're going to pick it up and give him enough time to find where the blitz is coming from. Find the hot read and burn you. Because if it's coming from a side where Debo's in the slot and Debo's running a slant, have fun with that. You're not going to have a good time. If it's Kittle, Kittle's going to isolate and operate in space. You put Kittle one-on-one with a linebacker, have fun with that. Have a good time. Yeah, I won't be shocked if early on Green Bay tries to run two deep safeties and just make the 49ers prove that they can run the football against their front seven. Make the 49ers prove that they can consistently... Um, you know, get it done. And if they can't, then you just sit back in that zone the entire time and you make them, you know, make complete passes underneath and rally to the sticks and just get tackles. And if they can't, you're going to see one of those safeties like, you know, Amos coming into the box. And if he comes into the box, um, then you have opportunities down the field. So the 49ers definitely have to get that run game going. But if they do, it's going to give them plenty of opportunities. And Green Bay is probably going to try to play conservative. Uh, But conservative can only last so long because if you're able to execute against conservative, and you have to get aggressive. And if you don't, then you just get picked apart the entire game. Very accurate. And that's, that's the truth. Um, and look, from, from the offensive side of the ball to the defensive side of the ball, we each got some key matchups. And I'll start with mine. It is Aaron Jones versus Fred Warner. This is an extremely important one. I feel this game is going to be close for a variety of reasons. Number one being there's questions with the running back room and the, and the run game itself. If the running game isn't able to get going early, we saw what happened in Philadelphia. Run game doesn't get going. Niners offense could get out to a little bit of a slow start, and that means maybe playing from behind or at the very least not putting up as many points as you'd like. Um, so if that is the case, the Niners may end up in a situation where Green Bay is able to get some stuff going. The defense is on the field longer than you would like them to be, which means it becomes very, 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 very important that the Packers run game doesn't get going and Aaron Jones isn't off to a hot start, which means those times and situations where Danico Ryan's and calling those run blitzes and freeing up guys like Fred Warner in space so he's one-on-one in the hole with Aaron Jones, he's got to win those matchups. And it's not going to be an easy one. Aaron Jones is a very talented running back. He's a shifty running back. He's a powerful running back. But Fred Warner is elite. He's one of the best in the game. He's going to have his hands full this week. And it's going to be on him and Al Shire and Marcel Harris when if he's in the box there or if it's Demetrius Flanagan Pulse. Whoever it ends up being, whatever guys they bring into the box, it's going to be on this linebacking court to make sure that they slow down this Packers run game. Make Aaron Rodgers play from second and long, third and long. Let the D-line pin their ears back and get after him. If they can do that, if, if Warner wins this matchup, life gets a lot easier for the 49ers on defense. Yeah, this is a different animal than they saw against Jalen Hurts as well. Um, Jalen Hurts could have beat you with his legs. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is only using his legs to extend plays. Um, so you have to keep you know this run game under control because if you do, then you keep Aaron Rodgers in the pocket. If the run game is getting going, then Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to extend the pocket with play-action passes, roll out, and make big-time plays down the field um, where he makes ridiculous throws. And the, he has the receivers to be able to you know, make plays down the field. But if Fred Warner in this, and, you know, can stop this Aaron Jones and he can stop him early on, um, then they will have an opportunity to completely clamp down this Green Bay defense. Or offense, I'm sorry, with this defense. So I think that Fred Warner against Aaron Jones is a nice matchup. I think that Fred Warner can handle this matchup because he can match up with this guy wherever, whether it's hitting him in the hole or going ahead and stopping him through the pass game. He can do it all. So, yeah, it's a, it's a nice matchup to watch, and I think overall it is something the 49ers need to win because if they do, then they'll be able to keep Aaron Rodgers off balance, keep this Green Bay defense or offense off balance, um, and that way they can be successful. Oh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong there. That's exactly how I'm feeling. That's exactly the way I'm thinking. But, Ant, what do you have on the defensive side of the football? Yeah, I went the 49ers D-line versus the Packers O-line. Um, that is what I was looking for. Uh, the Packers O-line is a little bit of an enigma because they have so many young players, so many guys that are different. They have no Bakhtiari, um, and they might not have any Jenkins as well, who's been playing left tackle for them right now. He's dealing with a little bit of an ankle injury. They're holding him out of practice. He's going to be a game-time decision. 
Um, and that's not good. Whether he's healthy or not, that is a problem. You got the rookie center, Josh Myers, um, that's going to be playing, which we liked him coming out of Ohio State. He's a good player. Um, but now you're going to be going against Ken Law. You're going to be going against DJ Jones and those guys. And those guys were proving to be very hard for the Eagles to handle. And the Eagles' offensive line is tremendously better than Green Bay's offensive line. So I think this is a key matchup because there are questions with the 49ers defense in the secondary with Josh Norman um, and with Diamond Lenore. Not so much that they, they can do it, but can they consistently do it? And when you have a defensive line like the 49ers, if they can get after Aaron Rodgers early and often, if they can stop this run of Aaron Jones, then they can put all the pressure on Aaron Rodgers to make plays and to make plays really quick. And we've seen in the past that when Aaron Rodgers is forced to make plays really quick, he will sometimes throw the ball down the field and put his, you know, give his wide receivers a chance, and sometimes those turn into turnovers. And when you create turnovers against Green Bay, you have an opportunity to win the football game. So I think this 49ers D-line is going to set the tone. It's going to mask any sort of problems we have in the secondary, um, but they have to get it done. If they have situations like in Philly where they weren't able to get pressure, um, Aaron Rodgers is going to pick us apart. Can't give this guy time. You can't let that happen. Warriors have to take advantage, especially in the interior defensive line where they have an advantage. And if Jenkins isn't there, they have a huge advantage with Nick Bosa on the edge. Warriors need to do it, and they need to do it in a big way. Look, there's, there's other things, too, with this. And this is why my matchup, I feel, is so important, is, is it builds off yours. The, the front four. If they play better than last week, and you would think all, all signs would point to that being the case just based off the O-line that you're facing this week is drastically different. Also, you don't have to account for the the running quarterback, right, in Jalen Hurts, which right. means you don't have to sit on certain things. These guys are able to just go after running back or go after quarterback. They're not trying to read and pick which guy they're supposed to be targeting or who they're supposed to be or containing the outside as much or as often. So this frees up Warner even more if that's the case because if the front four is able to dominate and even cause havoc, then that means they're going to try and do things and get Aaron Jones out in space, which means Fred Warner now has that matchup in which, you know, sideline to sideline coverage. He can get there. He can cover those things. And as long as he's bringing them down and not giving them too much, the run game for, for the Packers becomes extremely, extremely non-existent. And it becomes almost hard to manufacture something because there's not a whole lot you can do to get your O-line to elevate to play better against this stout front four if they're not up to task, if they're not ready ready for what they can bring, and they're not ready for the rotation, which I don't believe they are. I don't think they're actually ready for this rotation and what this rotation could get done. And it's also going to be interesting to see, too, You know, they brought Eddie Arbor onto the practice squad. Is this a guy that they're comfortable with bringing on and activating come game day to add to that rotation and even bolster that depth a little bit more coming into this week? Maybe. I mean, I know Zach Kerr is going to be activated. Zach Kerr is going to be playing at a high level. Um, I think the 49ers have all the talent they need on the defensive line. This defensive line, they can rotate through. It's like line change, and they go out there. Um, They started playing some games with Arden Key moving inside. Um, So there are opportunities for all these guys to play all different positions so they can get some key matchups. Eric Armstead on the inside this week is going to be a tremendous problem. Uh, Kinlaw is going to be a problem. And if you start stopping Jones in this running game early in the the game, you know, first and second down, if they're not getting yardage, they're getting no gains uh, or one or two yards, it's going to put Aaron Rodgers in precarious situations. You go ahead and you take away Devontae Adams and you make, you know, some of these other guys beat you. Um, and I'm not really worried about someone like a Randall Cobb because he's going to be going against K1 Williams in the slot. 49ers match up very well with Green Bay. This has always been the case. Last year was a little bit of an outlier. Thursday night football, no one's, no one's cleared. Everyone's, you know, on the list. Um, and it just didn't work out. But I think that the 49ers, as long as they can – um, go out there and execute their game plan and what they want to do. They're not going to have to manufacture pressure. I do think they're going to bring it, though. I think you're going to see Fred Warner and, and Aziz Alshair blitzing a lot. Um, and I think you'll see Kwan Williams as well because that has proven to be a real problem for uh, Aaron Rodgers to handle. Uh, and him rushing f- uh, frontside, too, not even backside, but coming frontside in his face. Aaron Rodgers has struggled with it. Look for the 49ers to get after him early and often. I expect it. I- I'm expecting a lot more Alshair this week blitzing than maybe in the past. Um, really trying to make sure that you get your best cover guy, your best player in space on one of their best players, right? Match up mono e mono the best you can and bracket Devontae Adams and say, hey, Robert Tanyan, have fun. Have fun out there, wherever it, whoever it ends up being. Um, and he's he's a talented guy, so don't get me wrong. That's well, that's where you be. might see Warner as well, is on Robert Tanyan. That's also true. It's also true. You could see that, and you could see Al Shair the other way flipping over or bringing down a safety into the uh, down, yeah, down into the box so. right and covering Jones. Those are all possibilities. Uh, definitely going to be interesting, though. By no means is this going to be a cakewalk. This is going to be a battle. Um, you know, I, I, If there weren't as many questions in the running back room, I'd feel way better about this game. 
if we were rolling into this game with Hasty, with Mitchell, and with Trey Sermon, uh, I'd be willing to give the Niners 30 plus points. Um, you know, say Green Bay maybe gets 21, maybe, but we're, we're scoring 35, 38. Um, and it's, we're, you know, 17 points going into the fourth. It's all good. D'Amico Ryan's not going to play prevent. It's all a okay. It's all fine. But the questions in the running back room change potentially how this game could play, could be played. If the guys are healthy, that could shift things going the other direction as well. Yeah. I think the 49ers have, uh, have magic in that running back backfield. I don't care who it is. I think they're going to get it done. I think that the scheme and the execution of said scheme by the guys that are out there on the field, not so much the running back, but the guys who are making the blocks, the guys that are the ones calling the plays, um, isn't changed. You have those guys at, at still at 100%. And so far, it didn't matter in the last game, whether it was Elijah Mitchell, Jermichael Hasty, or Trey Sermon. Each one of them had lanes to run through, and they were able to make plays. Um, so I think that there's going to be opportunities. And all you have to do is give these guys holes. These guys are NFL-caliber football players. Accurate. Um, these guys have the ability to get it done. Are they as good as the guys that we're losing? No. So, I mean, yeah, maybe you're not going to get as many yards. Maybe they're not going to have the vision on a lot of pl- all, all the plays they're going to still be able to execute. I wouldn't even be shocked if we have one or two of these guys coming out of this game that everyone doesn't want to get rid of um, because they see the true potential in them now that they're in Kyle Shanahan's system and scheme. But the only thing they really have to do is make sure that Green Bay honors the run. If Green Bay honors the run, that will leave everything else open, and that will give the 49ers opportunities to execute with all kinds of players. Because when it comes down to it, the 49ers have more weapons than everyone else, even when they don't have a healthy running back. Fair. Fair, accurate. It's very, very. It's. I'm just excited, man. I, yeah. I can't. I can't get over the excitement level. Uh, we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting. I cannot wait to see this on Sunday. But Ant, from key matchups, right to feelings about the running back room, to just overall how the game's going to play out. We're going from that to the speculation of speculations to the boldness of the bold. It's time for bold predictions in week three. It's wow, that's bold. Wow, that's really bold. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, it's super bold. It's wow, that's bold. It's time for bold takes, bold predictions, Ant, for the 49ers in week three against the Cheeseheads. Ant, offensively, what is your wow, that's bold prediction? I'm going really bold this week. Oh gosh, I have I have a I have a feeling about something, and I'm going with it. Oh my! I've got Debo Samuel being an absolute fantasy gem for anyone, um, because I have Debo not only receiving the ball for over 100 yards, but running the ball for over 100 yards, and changing the game in this week, and just making a big time, uh, big time uh, impact. Well- <laughs> 200 yards of total offense for Debo Samuel? Yep. You got any tutties with that? Of course. Oh, my Lord. Well, I wasn't going to get, like, super specific. So. Oh, okay. So you're not going to get bold, specific. Just bold. That was, yeah. that was pretty bold, Ant. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's pretty bold. But you know what? I may have you. I may have Ooh, you. Oh, you're going category. bolder. I, I may. I may go bolder, Ant. Running game. There's some questions. It's going to do enough, right? They're going to generate enough. Enough oh, action. Sorry. Debo to do just got stuff. 100 yards. He did. He got 100 yards rushing. <laughs> He's going to have 100 yards receiving. But Ant... Debo may have 100 yards receiving, but uh, uh, there's this thing here in San Francisco that we like to call Shanna Plan. Now, there's two quarterbacks, but you know what two quarterbacks means, right? It means double the trouble. It means double the trouble for Green Bay. It means more times and more situations in which is Trey Lance running? Is he throwing? What is he, what is he doing? Jimmy's back there handing the ball off, and oh, he's pulling for play action. What, am I, what are we going to do? You're not going to know what to do, Green Bay. And you know what that means? 450 plus yards in the air for the two quarterbacks in San Francisco and calling it right now, both of them. I don't know if it'll be 250, like 200, 225, 220, but it's going to be 450 yards between the two of them. The Jimmy Trey connection is going to be a real thing. The Shannon plan gets unleashed a little bit in week one or week three, excuse me, but it's through the air more so than with the feet and the dynamics there. Calling it right now. Wow, the mega powers that is <laughs> Trey, Lance and Trey Lance coming together, coming together yeah. to make it happen. Interesting. Okay, yeah, I like that. If they come up with 450 yards, this is a slam dunk victory for the 49ers. It's very true. It's very true. I'm hoping that's the case, Ant. That's why I went with the boldness there. Defensively, though, on the other side of the ball, my bold prediction involves two gentlemen. Two gentlemen making up four of the 49ers six sacks that they're going to put up in this game 
Eric Armstead with two big ones of his own, both like in the it. interior. One of them ended up being ends up being a forced fumble that's recovered by D Ford for a touchdown. That's right. I went bold specific and I did it for one of them. And the Nick Bosa with two big sacks off the edge, including the game ceiling sack on a fourth down in which the Green Bay's trying to trying to get his fourth and fifteen. They gotta extend this drive here to put points on the board. I don't think so. Bosa comes around. I don't know what happened, Aaron, but there's no left tackle here to block me. And now you're on the ground, and it's game over San Francisco. Okay, I like that a lot. I would love to see six sacks. I would love to see Armstead tearing it up inside. And I think Armstead has the potential to do that. So I, I think that is a good possibility. Um, for me, on defense, I went with two individuals as well. I think two individuals are going to take advantage of the pressure that you're talking about, and they're going to make plays on the back end, um, whether that is bracketing Devontae Adams or just helping Diamond Lenore when asked. But I think that Jimmy Ward and Jaquiski Tartar are each going to have an interception in this game, and they're going to be a big reason why the 49ers win. That's bold, Ant. That's bold. Rodgers has only thrown a few picks all season. He threw nothing last week against the Lions. Had a, I think he had one, maybe two, in week one against the Saints, which was just a cluster of a game for the Green Bay Packers. I'll take it. I'll take those two picks. I'll take one for each of them. I like that. A little bit of the bold specificness from you as well. And also the triple double down from each of us. That's three wow, that's bold predictions with two people involved. Look at us. Look at us evolving here on the channel. Yeah, well, we're going bold and I think we're just, you know, looking at I mean, of course, these things are over the top or they wouldn't be wow, that's bold. Um, but no, you gotta make just be, it would just be predictions. They wouldn't yeah. be bold predictions. Yeah. Um, but we're going bold with it and we're just looking at how the way they're they're handling uh, defense and offense for the 49ers and seeing potential. Um, if they come true, our 49ers are winning by a 100%. lot. By, by a lot. Yeah. Um, our, our score predictions coming up in, in Lock It Up are going to be completely inaccurate um, <laughs> if this ends up happening. If these and I'm okay with case. that. I'm 100%. I would rather my wow that's bold come true and the Niners win by 40 than the wow that's bold not come true, like not even close, and the Niners lose or win a tight game. Listen, it's always nice when the Niners win, right? It's even better when the Niners blow a team out, and there's really nothing to worry about heading into halftime. I 100% agree. Yeah, let's go ahead and start eating chips. Let's relax. Um, let's enjoy. Let's put our feet up. Jackarees. Yeah, um, let's, let's enjoy the win and know the 49ers have got it done on Sunday Night Football. Everyone can go to work the next day feeling good like they should. Always uh, walking around that neighborhood. Hey, you're, you're not <laughs> wrong there, my guy. But from bold predictions to picking NFC West games, the Azorian one, Azorian one is here to stay, folks. He's here to stay, Cutback Crew. He's got his picks and his predictions for the NFC West here in week three. And then us, not too long after that, but it's time for Lock It Up. Okay. Had a pretty good outcome last week with the uh, lock it up picks sitting at five and three above 500 i know my rankings i know so here's what i'm gonna do I'm gonna call out the big guns i'm gonna get some uh, tag team help that's right i'm gonna find me you know a little uh little guy on the inside who, uh, give me some tips on who I should choose this coming week, week three in the NFC West. Yeah, yeah this, is, this is great. They won't see it coming. They have no idea what is in store. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tell everyone your name. Thomas. Thomas. He was the closest one I could find in such short notice. Come here, come on. Uh, all right, so our picks for the week three in the NFC West. It's a very strategic method. Okay, so that one or that one? That one, okay. Cardinals over the Jaguars. Okay, that one or that one. Okay. Buccaneers over the Rams. Okay, that one or that one. Seahawks over the Vikings. And then 
pencil here. Dang right. Better chosen that one. Niners over the Packers. And that is this extremely scientific approach by Thomas Steves. The, the, the uh, football uh, master. You, you feel confident in those picks? Do you feel like those were good picks? Yeah. Good. I trust your judgment. It's time, man. It's time for Lock It Up, baby. You got to lock it up. Steve's locking it up and making a big comeback. He has a nice week. Pretty much everyone has a nice week. Everyone goes three and one with the exception of one gentleman. And I just want to point out, Ant, you said I was going to be just flat out wrong about Tennessee. Mm -hmm. I was right for the first time in a long time that I can remember. Mm -hmm. It's not I win in regards to you. It's I win. I go 4-0. Oh. I'm back in the driver's seat, baby. Are you? I feel unfazed. You should feel unfazed. I'm, you I'm, had a good week. I'm defending champion, and you went 4-0 last year. I um, did. And Very yet, early in the season, yeah. actually, too. Actually, almost identical to what's going on right now. Yeah. You know what? I'm a little concerned now. Uh, I wouldn't be concerned because it's a long season. True. And there's a lot of games that are going to go different ways. True. Um, but I definitely wouldn't uh, count my chickens yet. Don't, don't want to count the chickens before you hatch. Horse, a little bit under the weather. Not going to be with yeah, us for this no lock it up. Today. Not, not great. We yeah. always love having the horse on. But he did give us the picks, so we know what he has. We obviously know what the, what the cutback crew's gone with. And you just saw what a Steve's did. That, that wily gentleman <laughs> over there. Distinguished gentleman. But let's start with the big one. This is a big matchup. It's this Rams game this week. Rams-Bucks prime time. Big test for the Rams. Big test, test for the Bucks. Bucks really haven't played anyone of note i mean cowboys had a nice win last week they're one and one uh, but the cowboys defense still leaves a lot to be desired and who did you go with in this matchup between two titans on offense you have a problem with you saying this is the big one because the big one is the sunday night football game i i, I agree but okay. this is the big one that isn't san francisco thank you for clarifying mm -hmm. now that you said that i 100 percent agree and we can move on with our picks uh yeah, I'm, this one is is a big matchup, though, because you got two very good teams, and you know Matthew Stafford is really rolling with that Rams offense. They went ahead and, and got a nice big win last week. Um, so the Rams are looking confident. I think a lot of people are thinking that this Rams team is on its way to being the winners in the NFC West. Um, I don't know if I share their, their excitement and exuberance for it, but I think the Rams are a very good football team. They're going to be a tough out, whether that is in the regular season or in the, the playoffs. So I do think this is going to come down to the end, but I have the Rams winning this football game 27 to 24 and a very good battle. But I think Matthew Stafford just makes one little play uh, and Tom isn't quite able to get it done this time. 24, 21 uh, Rams is what I have. Um, I've been going back and forth on this. You and I know you, you talked with me a little bit beforehand. Uh, this was tough for me. I want to go Tampa just out of sheer, not wanting the Rams to win and wanting them to drop a game in the NFC West but I don't trust that D they have struggled a little bit in terms of getting things going. This is a formidable defense that they're playing with the Rams. You have Jalen Ramsey. Who's going to lock up one of the wideouts on the outside. You have Aaron Donald. Who's going to disrupt and cause issues there in the front. Um, the, the big question is just, can the, the Rams O line hold up Can it hold up against this, this vaunted uh, Tampa Bay pass rush in this front um, I think they can do enough. I think the, the big thing here is that you can move the pocket with Stafford and do certain things that you just couldn't do before. And my question with Tampa is still that secondary. It's still their safeties. It's still their corners. Um, I, I think the Rams are going to be able to do just enough to eke this one out. It hurts me to say it, but I have Tampa winning this one. Uh, excuse me, the Rams winning this one. The cutback crew has Tampa winning this one. Horst has Tampa winning this one. And Steve's obviously has Tampa winning this one. So opportunities for you and I to stretch a little bit, stretch the lead yeah. and, and stay in front there up at the cutback crew. Doing I feel nothing. good about Antonio Brown possibly not playing as well. That's that um, too. With the, the testing protocols. Mm -hmm. 
Could be interesting. Yeah. Could be interesting to see what happens. I actually hope there. he does play, but I for I would like to, if the Rams beat them, I want them to beat them at full strength, not because of a circumstance or a situation. But it does bode well in the Rams' favor. You're not wrong there. Uh, up next on the docket, probably the cupcake of cupcakes in this week in the NFC West. You have the Cardinals going up against Jacksonville and the Jaguars. Is there but possibility, Ant, that you have this thing going to Jacksonville and that this is actually, right? This is a trap game. It's a trap game for the Cardinals early in the season. It is a trap game. If, you, if you're not paying attention, you're not doing what you're supposed to do, uh, you can get caught. Any, any NFL team can be any NFL team if you know, things go the right way. Um, first-round pick versus first-round pick quarterback, oh, first overall pick, no. Kyler Murray's winning this football game. Um, the 49ers, or, sorry, the Arizona Cardinals, wow, I got 49ers on the brain. That's true. Um, but the Arizona Cardinals are going to be able to execute their offense at a high level. Um, Jacksonville has just not got the defense to be able to handle it. And I think also, yes, I like Visca Chenault. And I think that, you know, Jacksonville has some some key players there. I like some of the draft picks they made, but they're too young. They're not ready yet. And Arizona wins this game 38-13. Uh, to 13. Ooh, man, a shellacking. And, yeah. um, look, I, I got a lot of questions about the defense there for Jacksonville. We got a lot of concerns with the things that they're doing. Urban Meyer has not quite yet still figured out uh, NFL offense and what it's supposed to look like and how it's supposed to feel and the flow and – it's going to take some time. Unfortunately for him, he's got a high-powered offense that he's playing with a lot of weapons and a lot of things they just don't have. They do have a couple of guys who can get after it with the pass rush, so that could cause some problems for Kyler, but Kyler usually thrives when he's on the move and when he's outside of the pocket. So, yeah, I, I don't think this is going to go very well for Jacksonville. I have them putting up 10. I have them giving up 32, 32-10. Cardinals, they're getting off to a hot start. They're looking like they're going to be one of the best teams in the NFC West. Cutback crew agrees, 70% of them. Horst agreed, and obviously the Azorian one agrees. A clean sweep here for the Cardinals. Went from no respect from me to tons of respect from me over here. Uh, Arizona, you have my attention. Yeah, I think Arizona has played well enough to um, at least for sure get some respect. Uh, I think there were a lot of you know teams that were, or a lot of people that are picking them to go 8-9 and nine and that sort of thing. It doesn't look like that is the, the way it's going to go, but Arizona also fell off last year. So let's see what happens. It's a war of attrition, and let's see how they you know are able to hold on and um, what happens because this season is up and down. You never know how it's going to turn out. No, you never do. And, and look, like there's been teams that have started off hot and then completely fallen off the face of the earth. So they could do that. As of right now, it's not looking that way. No, it's not. Good on you, Arizona. Good on you, Cardinals. Uh, up next, Seattle in a very testy matchup with the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings try... I mean, the Vikings have an argument for being 2-0 right now. They really, truly do. They drop an overtime heartbreaker, and then the kicker fails them yet again in week two in the game that they had. It was theirs. It was in their grass, in the palm of their hands. The Cardinals just squeak one by on them. And is Seattle going to fall victim to the Minnesota Vikings' revenge here in week three? No. It's a different matchup. Uh, this is a completely different matchup from Tennessee. Uh, yeah, I like Dalvin Cook, and he's going to be able to move the football, and he's going to be able to get the outside zone going. Um, but I don't expect Cousins to make too many plays um, down the field eventually. I think at some point the defensive ends, that is Jamal Adams, will be able to get there um, and create some sack opportunities. Um, so as long as he can get there, I think that they'll end up winning. Now, I do have this being a high-scoring game. I think this game is going to come down to the wire, and I think Russ Cook's at the end. And Seattle wins with a last-second field goal, 33-31. to That's very, very interesting, Ant. Um I went back and forth on this one a lot, too. Uh, Seattle doesn't have my team. The opposite of the Cardinals. Um, I called last week's loss. I felt that the run game and Derrick Henry, they could get something going. Um, I felt that way about the Colts as well, but the Colts are not the same team. Um, they're not really 100% healthy right now, and so that, that's the, the big concern, the big question. The Vikings, they're healthy up front. Uh, Dalvin Cook, I know he's got a little bit of a bang-up issue, but it looks like he's going to be good to go. And if Dalvin Cook's good to go and ready to roll, there's problems for Seattle, stopping and slowing down some run games and some run attacks. Now, there's issues with their secondary still. I'm not convinced that the secondary can hold up um, against, uh, against good wide receivers. And that's what you have over there in Minnesota. True. Adam Thielen, he can get open in space. He can operate short, deep, wherever you need him to. Justin Jefferson definitely can operate deep and over the middle and in the short game. So they got two big threats there on the outside. Can the, can the offense do enough to keep their defense off the field or at least put their defense in situations right where – Minnesota's working with long fields and bad, you know, bad situations and bad game scripts, potentially. If Seattle is able to get hot early and get out to a big lead, 
You take away Dalvin Cook's ability to run the football and having as much of an impact, Seattle could roll. I don't think that's going to happen, though. Minnesota's going to come out firing all cylinders. They're fighting for what feels like their life. We were in the same boat last year with Minnesota. They started out slow. I said they were going to have to get it figured out, and they didn't. This is a year where they very well could. They have some of the pieces that they need. There is secondary issues over there. So, again, high-scoring game. I'm going to say 38-32 Minnesota. Late touchdown. Gets them over the hump. An inverse of the 2019 season in which Minnesota was up late and Russell Wilson drove down the field and punched one in for the for the Seahawks. Yeah, because the problem is Zimmer's defense. I don't think the defense is good enough, and that that is the ultimate difference. DK and Lockett are going to cook. They're going to they're going to yeah. have big time plays. Um, but you're right. The offenses are going to be on display in this game. It's just who's going to have the ball last, and if Russ has the ball last, he's going to uh, win. It, this thing could go either way. It really could. Yeah. A uh, cutback crew felt the same way. Fifty one percent. It was at fifty fifty ant for about four or five hours. It would not budge. I thought we were going to have our first push. <laughs> I didn't know what we were going to do with that. Thank God the cutback crew at the last hour. That fifty one percent. They're going with Seattle. Horst agreeing with me with the Minnesota Vikings, and of course the Steves. You saw that already. Going with the Seahawks. And now, Ant, for the prime time game. The game that truly, truly matters for all of us here on the 49ers Cutback, the Cutback Crew. 49ers versus Packers. Prime time. Sunday night, 520, with the throwback Reds in effect. I'm excited for that. These things are going to be clean. This team is going to be looking fresh. But are they going to play fresh? Yeah, they are. I think that this the crowd is going to be hyped. The team is going to be hyped, and there's going to be a lot of energy going into this. You have a left tackle, Jenkins, for Green Bay that's dealing with an ankle. Whether he plays or not, he's dealing with an ankle, and he's got to go against Nick Bosa and D. Ford and the edge rushers that the 49ers use. Um, the Packers will have to establish a run game against a defense that doesn't allow too much run um, you know, lanes and capabilities. So I think that this game is going to be a little bit tighter than we would thought in previous years. Um, just because of some of the injuries on the back end for the 49ers in the secondary, I think those will leave some opportunities for Aaron Rodgers to be successful. Um, but this D-line is still going to come through at the end, and I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to make enough plays. 49ers win the game 27-23. to I like that score. I like that prediction. Cutback crew agrees with you at 95%. Horst agrees with you there going Niners. Uh, Steve's agreed with you, and I obviously agree with you. The only difference is for me, Ant, I have this thing even tighter. Um, I- I'm not convinced yet that our secondary can hold up with what, what they have there. Don't get me wrong. The, the front's going to get home. But just uh, Devontae Adams, I feel they're going to get some just nonsensical nonsense. We saw some of the stuff, the calls that got made already last week with Norman and the handsy stuff. If that continues, that could extend drives for the Packers, put them in situations in game scripts where they could be positive and that positive. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit closer. I'm going to go with a 28 to 24 final. But actually, not closer. It's the same, it's same number. It's, four. it's yeah. four points. I forgot about that. So 28-24 San Francisco. Um, Green Bay is going to kick a field goal late in the fourth. That's going to get them up into that 24-21 up on the Niners. Jimmy's going to take them down the field. And Trey Lance, nice little RPO action in the red zone. I don't know who the running back's going to be. I would like to predict the running back, Ant, but we don't know with the running back room shuffle the way it is. So RPO, he's going to pull find George Kittle on a little crossing right over the middle for the for the for that nail in the coffin score to put the Niners up 49ers fans rejoice George Kittle gets a nice spike celebratory dance and we're on our way 3 and 0 with an NFC West opponent just around the corner I like it I, I like the overall the 49ers need to win this football game and it'll be a big win if they get it I'm um, getting ready to head into two NFC West um, foes and matchups um, that, that are going to be big before the bye week. So 49ers need to do it, see what they can, see if they can get it done. A big win on Sunday night. One thing we know is George Kittle has big games on Sunday night. So, uh, and the 49ers play well. So this is going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. And I know the faithful is going to come out in a big way and be louder than ever. Going to need it, going to count on it. Cannot wait for this, this Sunday night matchup. You heard it from everybody. You saw the picks. You saw what a Steve's went with. You saw what the two of us are going with here. I, I do like the fact, Ant, that I'm sitting back atop in, in the head spot with, with the you and the horse, right? I'm back Thanks up there with you guys at the table, right? I'm, I'm with you guys. It's, yeah. the, it's the three amigos back and better than ever, having fun up there with Lock It Up at the top. Cutback crew doing pretty well. They're doing admirable right now. And a Steve's, I like it. Everyone's picks right now are going definitely better than last year. 
Yeah, hundred percent. Last year's uh, picks were a complete travesty. Um, it was a mess because you didn't know who was going to be playing from week to week, and then we just kind of went forty niners all year, um, even though we knew that it was going to be uh, bad. It's gonna be tough. Um, yeah, the one victory, the victory ends up me being not going forty niners, um, and and being successful. So, you proud of yourself? Yeah, I am. Yeah, you you did yeah. pick up a, a good lock it up. I you did. know what? There were weeks that I picked against the 49ers and they ended up winning last year. So I mean, there, there's always that. <laughs> there's always that. It was really hard last season too, with just with the COVID stuff. It was yeah. just really hard to know who's doing what. How are these? How are these things going to play out? How are the players going to react to the no fans? The 49ers not even being at home for a chunk of the season. Uh, it, it was just a rough 2020. I'm just glad it's 2021. And yeah, things aren't necessarily perfect. Peachy keen with the running back room, the cornerback room, but the O line's healthy. Jimmy's healthy, linebacking core is healthy, D-line is healthy and stacked, and feeling really good about the 49ers. Yeah, I'm feeling good, too, because I know that there's going to be close to 70,000 fans that are going to be in that stadium going crazy, getting loud for the 49ers. The 49ers are going to be rocking the throwback uniforms from 1994, the Reds. There's going to be an excitement. The attention is going to be palpable. I am excited for this. I can't wait for the 49ers versus Green Bay Packers because I have a feeling that the 49ers are going to get it done. Um, when we did our prediction, schedule predictions, um, I had the 49ers going 3-0. I know you did too. Um, so we think that this is a winnable football game. Even with all the injuries, there is still a chance for the 49ers to win because they have built a roster um, that is set to you know, handle business and set to be able to beat teams like Green Bay that has weaknesses and holes um, because they you know, they don't have that, that much strength on the defensive side of the ball. So the 49ers can get it done. They absolutely can. The offense doesn't necessarily have to carry. But we know the defense can get it done as well, but they are going to get tested this week. Oh, yeah. We'll see what happens. Cutback crew, we hope you enjoyed the preview show. Let us know in the comment section down below. Leave your bold predictions. Leave your game score predictions. Leave your key matchups down there. We'll chat it up. We'll talk about it. And we'll see you in just a little bit for our live stream, 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. You don't want to miss that, 4.30 to 5.30. We'll have a fun conversation, answer some questions. Just hang out with you guys, see how you're feeling about this game. It's going to be a lot of fun, Ant. We'll see you all there. And uh, I think it's... Uh, I think it's is it time to chalk one up? It is. It's it's time to uh chalk another one up. <laughs> <laughs>